Welcome back to Straight Out of Marvel, a what if after show. It's your host Kevin27 back with another fire episode. And today we have what if Cohorty reshaped the world. And honestly, bro, this one was amazing. I will give this one a lot of stars. Five stars on a one list, man. This grand. Honestly, this was like a top five episode for sure on what if. And before we really get into it deep. I will be saying this because the entire episode is in a different language, two different languages, I will say. I will not be doing the ultimate review, but I did take do the liberty or I, I took the liberty to take some notes. But before we get into that, we just get into some screenshots I took from Twitter, just some stuff, you know, or whatever, you know, just to dive deep into this episode so before we get into all that please make sure you give a five-star rating on apple podcast on spotify please give a follow at kevin 27 word on instagram twitter aka x and subscribe on youtube at kevin 27 world and subscribe to kevin 27 gaming if you want to see me play gta 5 for the last time in history Okay, more on that another time, but I'm just saying. So, what if Cohorty reshaped the world? Honestly, this move or this TV, I was about to call it a movie because it was low key. It says, A Mohawk woman ventures into the waters of the Forbidden Lake to help save her people. So, I just thought this was interesting. A lot of interesting stuff in this. So we got this from a Mohawk community member. Says, uh, never thought I'd see the day. Kids all across Turtle Island are hearing Kanean, Kiha, which is the Mohawk language on screen. A whole Marvel episode filled with our language and stories. This is more than just entertainment. It's a celebration of our culture. Also, someone else said, they spent four years on this episode and worked closely with the community and made the effort to have the entire episode being Kanean Kia, the Mohawk language. Yeah. Marvel really did their thing with this one. To be real, I think this is the most impressive episode they've done in What If. Still may not be my favorite. I still think the... Doctor Strange one is the goat, but that's because I'm a glutton for torture. But I mean, come on, man. This episode from beginning to end, it's right there. Top three, maybe to be in the entire two seasons of what if. I don't even think it's close. Hey, and light up that exotic if you got it. Pour up that expensive. So I wanted to point out to uh, the 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 who was it? The uh, not the French, the, the Spain took a bullet here. And I think it was just because they didn't want to sacrifice or shit on the French again. You got to remember. I mean, they just shitted on the French with Wakanda to the point where I think like the president or whatever they have of France made a comment about the movie. Like, 
really thought it was disrespectful and distasteful. So I'm thinking they don't want to just do that. So they tell this story because the real true story and a lot of the true enemies of the Mohawk tribe uh, were the Dutch, the English and French settlers. And during the American Revolution, the Mohawk aligned themselves with the British and fought against the colonists or the colonizers looking at us. So, yeah, I think they wanted to just, you know, move that now. They could have, you know, done the Dutch, but I'm going to keep it so real. Don't nobody want to hear that accent, man. Like, ain't nobody trying to hear that Dutch accent. The Spanish accent went very well with the uh, Kenyan kid. I, hopefully I said that right. The Kenyan Kia uh, language. And I think it matched well on screen. I think a Dutch accent with, you know, the, the indigenous tongue would have not went over well in my personal opinion. Okay. Um, I think those were the screenshots I had. Yeah. I mean, so far, this is definitely one of my favorite episodes. So let's go ahead and get into the notes. So this episode kicks off similar to that part in Lion King where Simba and Nala go wandering places they don't belong and meet their own people. This show, however, instead they run into hyenas, they run into the Spaniards who are terrorizing the Mohawk village. While running away to safety, Cahorty stumbles upon the Lake of Eternity that is blessed by the Tesseract, which is what the Spaniards are searching for. And after being spotted, Kahori bravely steps up to distract the soldier, but is shot into the lake, which she is sucked into the Tesseract, where she finds herself in Sky World. So, yeah, the opening to this, I mean, I'm watching this, and I'm taken aback. So, I'm already knowing what type of episode this is going to be. I can already tell. You know, it's going to be something different about other cultures. And what did I tell you guys? I love this about Marvel and I don't care. And you know what? If Marvel is going to be a sinking ship and it's because they wanted to include diversity in these new phases, man, it is what it is. And I will go see every Marvel movie until my dying day, my last breath, because I love what they're doing, man. They are integrating you into different cultures and letting you learn about certain cultures. I wouldn't really know about this. I mean, unless Marvel put it in my face, especially at this point in time in my life, you know, because you learn a lot of stuff when you're in like high school or whatever. And then you kind of forget some stuff. I mean, you learn a lot every day, right? So I'm just looking at it from this perspective as they are showing me something different. I would have never heard this tongue, this native tongue being sp spoken, you know, and I think it's great that they do this. So big ups to Marvel for inclusion, inclusivity, and really sticking a finger to them and saying, we're going to do an X-Men team with all women. Like, fuck it, man. I'm all in for Marvel. Um, But her getting stuck you know, I thought it was interesting that uh, I so 
for when I, the first time I'm watching this, when Kahori is sucked into the Tesseract, I thought it's because one, maybe it's like the Tesseract is calling the people. That's not what happened clearly later on when we see that it's like whoever gets in the lake is whoever gets in the lake. You know, they get the powers of the Tesseract and they get to go to Sky World and all of that stuff, which I I think is just because it's in a lake. It opens up a different portal because. I mean, Carol Danvers got sucked in or she got blown up by the Tesseract and. I mean, she just became Captain Marvel. She wasn't like in a different, in a parallel universe where all the grass is green. It's never rainy days. You'd never age. You know what I mean? So that's a little odd to me. But I'm thinking it's just because it's in a lake. That's why, you know, you get that thing, you know, where I don't know, you pretty much go to heaven. I don't know. So after Kaori is given the rundown of Sky World, she instantly tries to go back to her village that we see still attacked by Rodrigo Alfonso Gonzalo in the name of the Queen of Spain. Kaori is hell-bent on escaping Sky World, though. She's constantly being told by uh, this guy how it's impossible, which honestly, I'm instantly mad. Because they are all so content we're living where they are. And I get it. If you find paradise, why would you ever want to leave? But I don't know. I, I guess it makes more sense for them because when they left, they weren't being attacked. Cohorty got into that lake because she her like her village was being attacked. So I think it's a little different for her. And that's why she was able to stand up and rise to the occasion like she did. And I didn't like it because it just reminds me a little bit of Wakanda. You know, it's like, oh, you got all of these powerful resources, yet you aren't using them for good. You just kind of like chilling and living in your own bubble, which is kind of whack. But after many fails of uh, after many failed attempts, Cahorty joins the hunt and bodies the crystals challenge. So uh, my man said, yo, the hunt is on and, you know, they're going to do this hunting and you got guys coming up with they, they get done. They get two or three crystals. Some people have four. One lady had 12 and I was like, wow, that's a lot. And then Cohorty come back and she just holding like 40 of them and like not she's not even holding them. She's like already proven at this point, like, okay, I'm the strongest here. I'm better than all of you guys. It's not close. So like, don't even stay close to me. I respect it. I respect it, man. Uh, funny thing about the general is he sent his men into the lake first. He's like, go in there, get young, which I just thought was hilarious, right? Because it's like, damn, bro, you wasn't going like, all right, I'm going to do this for my squad. I'm going to let them know 
it's all good. No, you let them go in first, which was crazy. Because I get it, but a man like me, I'm thinking, nah, I need it first. That way, y'all don't turn your back on me. So I need the, the fountain of you first. So after, wait, oh, okay, 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 okay. So even though Cohorty had eternal peace, she still kept her village first. And I thought it was very interesting. Even when she was dancing, my man's asked her if she still thinks it's a prison. And she just laughed, but never said no. Like she never was like, nah, this is not a prison because I thought it was like a happy prison. You know, not like a prison prison, but come on, man. It's like you just on an eternal loop doing the same thing every day. You never die. You never age. You know, it's just kind of whack. I mean, aging is whatever. Shit, I wouldn't mind not aging. Shit, I wouldn't mind looking like I looked when I was uh, 20. Shit. With a little baby face. No, no, not even a goatee. So they definitely took a scene from the Matrix with the bullet stopping, which I thought was very funny. And actually, it looked pretty cool, you know, At, and this is when they sent the men into the lake and they came out on the other side and they still had their guns. And the first thing they was like, yeah, let's attack. They said all these people having fun dancing. And they was like, yeah, let's shoot their ass. I was like, Damn. Yo, they portraying the Spaniards as assholes. Yo, Kohori's return back to the real world was something special, man. A top five moment in what if history. I really hate how she is powered by the Tesseract, though, but couldn't stop cannonballs. I mean, she's pretty much Captain Marvel, and you see what she did to Ronin ships. Like, come on, cannonballs? Stop it. But she was very good, though. I love that scene. That was very good. And I love how the tribe backs her up and comes through that portal, listen to her. She was like, yo, we got to rise up. Y'all too far off your rocker. You too far off your square. Like, I'm not understanding. Y'all know that our people getting attacked and you're doing, you're doing nothing. And even the man's was like, bro, we're not an army. We like just trying to have fun and relax and chill. She was like, bro, you stupid. Like what's wrong with you, man? Let's go and help our people. So I like that part. And then that whole scene, honest, like the whole scene is just, is very well drawn out. I mean, the 3d animation is just incredible. And I can watch this series more. And again, it looks better than Invincible. So I love how they portal in while the queen is on her throne, just having zero respect, demanding peace, just as much as Supreme Strange showing up at the end, setting up a cliffhanger. Yeah, man, like the way they barged in while the messenger is telling the queen, like, yo, man. Ain't nothing we can do. Every time we send a ship, they disappear. 
you don't got control anymore. And she like, bro, I'm the queen. I set all this shit off. And then Kahori, uh, excuse me. And then Kahori come up in there and she was like, bro, I'm not hearing none of that. Shut all that down. Snatched the queen up out her throne and broke her throne into pieces. Straight splinter cells. Crazy. So, yeah, I'm honestly, bro, this this episode was very interesting. And I love the way that Kahori talks. You know, she talks a lot about compassion and peace. And I mean, how can you not get down with that? Can you not be on board with it and the message that she's bringing? Although this is an alternate universe, you know, I think it was still very good. And Marvel, again, has hit a home run with creating a character. When you talk about Layla, when you talk about Coulson, when you talk about um, who else we got on the list? I mean, it's a lot of characters. Coulson might be the best, but still. It's a lot of characters that the MCU has created. And honestly, Kahori is right there. I mean, she's very good. Sylvie. Sylvie is a Marvel creation, which even though, I mean, she got dead dirty in Loki season two. But regardless, man, like I'm really enjoying the original characters that Marvel is creating. And I want to see. You know, the uh, the the paths that they go down, which is why I wish they hurry up with freaking Ironheart, you know, like I love to see these new characters take a new direction. I don't want to just stay stuck in the old mold, you know. And uh, yeah, I thought this episode was great, man. Honestly, I give this episode a 10 out of 10. And I know you just say. No episode is perfect. No movie is perfect. This one was perfect. I couldn't find any flaw. It all looks great. I mean, besides the Tesseract thing, but I mean, that's just for writing and dramatic purposes, like, or the Cannonball thing. I mean, not the Tesseract. I don't, I can't find any flaw in that, you know? So it is what it is, though. I thought this episode was great. You can't deny it. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of people like, yo, this was great. I mean, this they wanted this to come out apparently season one, which is the same with that whole Tony Stark thing. And um, it just didn't work out, which is cool. I mean, it happens, you know, especially I mean, it doesn't happen because COVID shouldn't happen, but it happened. So it is what it is, you know. But I'm still enjoying it. Shoot. It makes me think like, well, what what we doing, you know? What we doing for the next stuff? Because you already got, what, two episodes on here? That was supposed to be first season. So, yeah, this was, I think, 10 out of 10. For show a W, a Mohawk woman ventures into the waters of the Forbidden Lake to help save her people. Yeah, that was crazy. I know people already like, oh, does she need live action? This is your problem. Y'all keep setting yourselves up, man. Just enjoy. Just enjoy what you got in front of you. Kahori, we don't need a live action Kahori. 
We don't need live action Captain Carter, like a Captain Carter series. Just enjoy the what if for what it is. Just alternate timeline stories, alternate universes, and we just going crazy, you know, and that's all it is. It's not supposed you, you guys are making it bigger than what it is, and it doesn't need to be this big, okay? So that's another episode of Straight Out of Marvel, a what if after show. And you know, episode six was a delight, probably my favorite of the season. I think I like this more than you know the uh Peter Quill one. This one was really good, okay. So I will see you guys for the next episode, episode seven. What if Hella found the 10 rings? And I'm sure that is going to be a delight as well. So far, Marvel is hitting it out the park. I'm only not liking one episode, and that's what if Happy Hogan saved Christmas. And it's not even that I don't like it. It's just my least liked episode. The rest of them, all fire. This, that one, you know, you know, just a little... Just a little, just a little campfire. It, it, it's not a forest fire. It's just a little campfire, you know. But it's still a fire, though. All right. So I'll see you guys for episode seven. Believe it to you, make believers.